I've heard a lot about, hey, tell me about your most common objections, your most common questions, but I've not heard, and I like this, the most common misconceptions. So uh, dive down a little bit more deeply on that. Why? How did that come up and why are, what are you finding that people are suggesting? Yeah, so what we found is that if you run, let's just keep it with the sales example. Let's say that you have a sales enablement tool like Outreach, like Sales Loft, like Apollo, like 20 other products that exist out there. They all do the same thing. They look a little bit different. They have different features and functionality, but essentially they allow you to launch sequences. So if you're going to go on and speak on a podcast and the founder of your competitor has gone and spoken on a podcast, you really want to come at, with a different angle, a different perspective, because when people are evaluating products and services, especially even more so now, they're listening to podcasts, they're joining webinars, they are getting referrals and recommendations. You don't just want to be saying how great your product is. You really want to be talking about how those power users are using your product. And you could mention that, yeah, it's because we've got this special syntax where it's syntax where you can change a copy so every email is different. There's only a few companies that do that very well. So you're already, um, uh, you're already positioning yourself as a better alternative than some of the other competitors. So having a, um, having a point of view is really important because whilst we are talking about B2B sales, at the end of the, and you mentioned it earlier, we buy on emotion um, and people still buy from people at the end of the day. So it's really important to keep that in mind when you're creating content, whether that be audio content or video content from a podcast or even written content as well. Yeah, and, and you bring up uh, uh, another piece too, which is customer insights and trends. That's how we drive curiosity because you're not doing a call to action off of a podcast. You might at the very end, or there might be some mm -hmm. ways that you can do a call to action or free offerings. I don't know if you suggest doing anything along those lines or studies or whatever people could do. However, if you can bring up customer insights or like you said, trends, that works across the board as well. And, and, and I really think that Mark is the beauty about this. It's that repurposing. You can repurpose so much off a podcast, but yeah, bring that up a little bit. You, you were, looked like you were going to say something off of that about the commercial yeah. insights and, and, uh, and trends. Well, yeah, the reality is you're the only one that has that data. You're the only one that has that opinion. You're the only one that has, have that has those facts. So I take Gong as one of our customers as an example. They have a sales intelligence tool, which offers insights into sales and how reps are performing. But when they take a step back and look at the 10,000 foot view, they see all of the data and on aggregate. Of course, they're not, uh, looking at any individual company, but they can say from 300,000 follow-up emails that went out, this is a better strategy than this. Now, of course, there is no silver bullet when it comes to sales advice and sales tactics. Uh, when those best subject lines of 2022 come out, everybody uses them. They're no longer <laughs> best subject lines, but you still have those stories that you can talk about um, and use that customer insight and data. And again, like I said, in an anonym anonymous way, you're not saying this company does this. Uh, you're just saying on aggregate, what we see working or the trends that we see is that the sales rep that speaks slower, have more pauses and ask more questions, close more deals. How are your reps doing? Have you got the insight like that? Uh, and then that's how you can really start to pique that curiosity around, oh, maybe this product or solution, it might be something that I need to look into. Now, and then you, whenever you're on a podcast, say, hey, listen, Mark, a little unknown um, fact, the, the, the pace at which a salesperson communicates on a, on a sales call is directly proportional to how they how well they they do or their wins so kind of curious how are how are your tracking how are you tracking your pace or whatever the case may be so you can put, throw those out there so love that and then the, again that goes on emails and telephone calls and everything else now um 
talk a little bit about interesting stories. Let's say that, hey, listen, I'm not a gong. I'm not this huge, colossal type of company. Can me as a co-founder, me as a founder, still find success on these podcasts? Yes. Yeah. So I think there's two two ways or paths I can take this. So the first path, which is probably easier to explain, is oftentimes podcast hosts are interested in the domain expertise you have as a guest, but they're also interested in your story. Why did you do this? Why did you start that business? What makes you get out of bed every morning? Why are you even doing it? So having that story as a founder, you always have that because that's your that's your hero's journey, which you can describe and you can talk about. And maybe it's previous companies that you worked at as well that you can you can leverage too. When it comes to the, um, the if you don't have a lot of customer stories, then perhaps podcasting isn't the right strategy for you right now. And I don't think many podcast guest booking agencies would admit that. Uh, I'm happy to. If you haven't found product market fit and you aren't looking to increase brand awareness and generate demand and support your sales team with content, you're not in that position, then there's probably other strategies that you need to deploy, first of all, so that you get the customers, get the revenue, and then have those stories and anecdotes to fall back on. Yeah, now, how much is guesting on a podcast business development as opposed to marketing yeah i would say that it's essentially it's a marketing play it's a pr play more than anything but how you can relate it to sales is sales enablement content Mm -hmm. so you can use the podcast as a reason to reach out to people obviously you don't want to just throw the link at them in the first email again we're looking for a (laughs) reply we want to get that reply it helps with the deliverability point of view as well um, so sales enablement for outbound prospecting and then also sales enablement throughout the sales pipeline as well Yeah, and it also seems that as you're building this up, having a good index of all that you're doing, because this stuff can build up pretty darn quickly, and it's so powerful, and instead of having to rewrite it every single time, if you create those templates and find efficiency in all of this, it's extremely helpful, and I would even suggest that it would likely be a good onboarding piece, right? Because now you can share those that tribal knowledge with the new mm-hmm. people coming in. Maybe it goes into a playbook. So can you talk to a little bit about the ancillary benefits to that founder, to those on the, the bot, podcast guests, the other ways in which it can help their company? Yeah, well, I've even seen it in my own company. When I, when I go on a podcast and talk about the story, um, some of the hires that started with us recently don't know the full detail of the um, of, of how we started and, and what I was doing before. So it really helps them get a little bit more bought into the journey that they've just uh, joined and, and, and they've become a part of. But also when, when it comes to new, new reps, especially for thinking about sales, one of the biggest mistakes that I believe sales organizations do is they, they spend so much time focusing on the product, the features, product demos, show what the product does. When really they need to be focusing on who is the buyer, what type of companies do they work for, and what are the core challenges that they have. So if you're speaking on podcasts and several podcasts, and you're speaking about these challenges and the different personas in various different forms, and you've got a bank and a resource of, of podcasts there, um, you could give that to your sales reps as they start to ramp up so they can get more absorbed in the world that you are that they are now operating in as well. And really, if it's a good sales rep, They've probably listened to a few podcasts. You'd hope they've listened to a few podcast episodes of the founder before they join the company. 
Which brings up another point that I found that from our podcast, we find recruiting a little bit easier because yeah. now they'll go on to the podcast and listen to us. And if they think that I'm completely boring or a jerk or whatever the case may be, they're not going to apply. But yeah. if they, they like what's happening and they like being a part of it and they like that growth mindset, then they're definitely going to be a good fit here. So there's a lot of benefit there as well. I love that piece. Now, um, it, let's talk about being a guest. What should we look for in in reaching out to some of these podcasts to determine whether or not we should go on there? Yeah, sure. So first of all, we always want to start with the audience. And what we do, we do an exercise sometimes with customers when they're not always as clear. We say, imagine that you're paying to give a keynote at a, at a conference, at an industry conference. Who's sitting in front of you? Which people are there? Or which stage are you at? So if you think there's the, um, in the marketing world, there's the HubSpot inbound, uh, inbound marketing and marketing is a very broad topic overall, but they'll have the product stage. They'll have product led growth, sorry. Then they'll have marketing automation stage. So if you have a marketing automation tool, you don't want to be necessarily on the big, big stage at HubSpot. You want to be in that smaller stage in front of only marketing automation professionals. So it all starts with the audience um, and simply understanding who that audience is. And one of the quickest ways to find podcasts that you could potentially reach out to is ask yourself who else speaks to this audience. So I could name a number of different um, industry influencers who share the same ideal customer profile as myself. And I would then go and see, oh, I wonder where so-and-so has spoken on before, or I wonder where this speaker has spoken on before in terms of podcasts. So I'd simply use a database like Listen Notes is, is a great free resource to use. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's freemium, so it has some limitations, but just getting started, you can try out Listen Notes and put in the name of the speaker. It might be that I put in Brian Whittington um, and see which podcast Brian's been on. And then I take a look at those podcasts, read the description of the show, look at other guests and the topics they're talking about and go, this seems to match my audience and talk about similar topics than I, than I do. This might be one that I decide to reach out to and see if I can go and speak on that podcast. Now, what have you found? Let's pretend that somebody doesn't want to use your service, but they do want to try to get on, on the podcast. They should use, I mean, he's a Lord, oh, for goodness yeah. sake, so you should definitely <laughs> use Lord, Lord Mark. But <clears throat> let's pretend that they wanted to get onto some podcasts. Um, talk to a little bit about what you found successful in reaching out to some of these podcast hosts. Yeah, sure. And, and we have a lot of this content on our website because we realize that everybody we speak to isn't in a position to pay for our services or now it's not the right time. So we like to give them resources so that they're better off uh, from that interaction with us. So uh, one of the core things that we talk about there is make it as easy as possible for the podcast host to say yes. Um, what you want and how you do that is you demonstrate that you've listened to the podcast beforehand um, and you've, there's a couple of previous guests that have a similar topic or a similar opinion or actually an opposing opinion as well. Mm. Um, and then you make the, uh, when you reach out to that podcast host, we typically start with email. You want to be make, connecting the dots between the previous guests and what you have to say and what you have to offer. Again, not your product, not your service, but more about the challenges and, and your opinions and also your customer anecdotes. And ask the podcast host if they think that sharing these stories would be of value to uh, their audience. Because a podcast host at the end of the day is there to serve their audience by bringing on and qualifying that the right guests are coming onto the show to deliver value. 
So help them do that job by making it a no-brainer that they say, oh yeah, actually this person's done their homework, they've identified a topic that I believe, also believe will resonate with my audience. Um, I might have a few questions as a host just to double check a few things, but I'm more than likely going to reply to them. Yeah, and, and um, for the most part, you'll know this better than I, um, for the most part, how many podcasters are full-time podcasters and really not running another business? Yeah, not many, not many. The Joe Rogans of the world, um, that, that's probably a one, but the, yeah, the top 1%, the majority are um, doing this as, as part of their business, but it's one of their priorities. It's not all of them. Um, so with that in mind, as I mentioned before about most sales reps don't send enough follow-up, if you're reaching out to podcast hosts, you need to send follow-up e emails as well. Um, so we send around six follow-up emails in our sequence. We don't always have to execute all six because we get the replies. Um, but I'd say 40% of our bookings come from the first email. 60% of our bookings come from the follow-up process that we follow as well.